Welcome to the Volley Pod, where we're all about coaching kids volleyball. With drills, skills, and scenarios, we keep things fast, fun, and effective. Presented by the Art of Coaching Volleyball, the Volley Pod is your new source for coaching information. Good morning and welcome to the Volley Pod in Omaha, Nebraska. Todd, how are you? Special episode is exciting here in Omaha, Davis. You just got in. It's a party. Oh, man. It's snowing. It's beautiful out here. We are thrilled to be at the convention. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So much stuff going on. You know? And USD was here. That oh, was my hay. goodness. Could you believe that? USD. Our little school on the hill. So in, many great things happening. In the happening. top four in the nation. It's Coach of crazy. the year, Jen Petrie. What it's do you think? Incredible. Uh, you know I'm a huge Jen fan. She's an amazing lady. Yeah. You know, So she does an incredible job. Well-deserved. So very well-deserved. So you've been here picking up all sorts of stuff. That's what we're starting with today. We have a couple guests coming on today. Yep. But we're going to start with uh, some coaching nuggets from... Uh, I go to a bunch of sessions. You know me. I'm, Absolutely. I'm out there digging. Yep, digging trying to pick for, up some for, stuff. For stuff. And started today with a guy who is uh, retiring... I think they're putting him in the Hall of Fame, Shelton Collier. Oh, okay, and awesome. He had a uh, creative offense presentation that was my favorite so far. Everything okay. I've seen. Really? Okay, so what? Don't we- tell Chris Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they both run some great sessions. So, so what were some of the de- the details in that so one? So the first thing he said is, "Hey." He's watching all these teams, and everybody is, anytime there's a back row setter, everybody's just getting the ball on the setter. She hits the ball up, Libero comes in and bumps that, and then they go against four hands. Yeah. And so the goal is, wait a minute, are there other ways to do it where you can not have four hands in front of you? Right. So he went through a bunch of them. Okay. What were, what were some of them? I'm going to go from mine first. Okay, perfect. My first two. Okay. Shoot on one. Oh, okay. <laughs> if they, if you, the setter knows it's coming and the thing's not a great off-speed shot, I just chuck it back to five. I love this. And one. then, can you get the, can you get your setter chucking it to five and then chopping it deep to six, one-handed? Oh. If it's slow. What do you mean chopping it to deep six if it's slow? What do you I'm mean? Sorry, deep one. Excuse oh, okay, me. okay. Six. But I got you. I deep, see what you're saying. Deep to one. So hey, you're setting here. Pull out your hands to set, and then just. Hit it to one without jumping. Right. The down ball, but they're not blocking, right? Right. Because they're in coverage. Ah, I like that. So okay. Everybody's in coverage. That's a cool one. So they, if, they, if they can get deep five, they can't get deep one. Right. Okay. Right? Yes. So middle back goes, so can you show your hands and then chop it? Oh, okay. <laughs> those, that's a cool Step one. Step ahead of you. So those are the first two. Those are the two fastest ones, right? Okay. I like that. So now we go, okay. Uh, Shelton's stuff was a little more creative as far as with the offense. The first one is, hey, the setter bump sets it or hand sets it to left side attacker. I like attack. that. Okay. Because you think, hey, if, you're, if the opposite middle is in coverage, then she's not going to get there. Right. Your okay. offside blocker is already on defense. She's already off the net depending on where she stands. You set her wherever. So, I hey, like that. can you hand set it? And it can't be a double, right? Because it's a dig. That's a great so you point. Can chuck it over. There. Oh, that's cool. Okay, <laughs> can't like lift that. it, but you can chuck it. Right. Okay. You can twizzle it over there any way you can. Right. I like that. That's really cool. And okay. the second one is do the same thing with the pipe attack. Okay. Right. So just hey, just 
pipes right next to you. You don't need to make it that terribly high. Right. That middle sees at the tip. She just prepares to attack, set her, and come in for a pipe. That's awesome. The other team's way up in coverage. Libero's way up in coverage. Maybe left back's open. Right, and I've seen that one in international. I like that okay. one. Yeah, that and one's cool. And then the international stuff was the, the big next time. Part yeah, that super you fun. Like where the Ingapath, where this was the next series. Okay. So the first series is you hit on two. Okay. The second series is you approach to hit, but then jump to set. Oh, and Shelton awesome. was really into the fact that his players love—they uh, just love being creative. Yes. And when it yes. ha- when they do it in a game, they're so excited. Oh yeah. Well, it, I just uh, creativity in volleyball so fun, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's not play the same way everyone does. Let's mix it up. So I love it. That's yeah, great. He's saying, hey, he's doing this stuff with his Division Two kids. Okay. He's all uh, you put another you know ten twelve inches on kids' athleticism. When they're hitting without a block, how much more successful are those kids going to be than his Division Two kids? That was his point. That's a great. That's a great point. That's awesome. So uh, the uh, approach and you know the left side approach, jump, and then set across the court to back to the right side. That's cool. I, I can put one in the show notes. I have a clip from Instagram I can put in the show notes that's executed beautifully well, on that one. Speaking of Instagram, what's yes. going on with our, uh, with, our, with our socials? Social media? Yeah, yeah so uh, check us out. At, we're, on, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. And it's AOC.TheVolleyPod. You can check us out there. We're still growing our social media feed, but we'd love to engage you there. And any questions that you put on there, we'll totally respond back. And it's a great way to dialogue us. So, And then you can always check us out on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your podcasts. So, stuff. Yeah, stuff. for okay. sure. Keep going with Shelton stuff. Then. All right. The next part was the idea of hitting off of one foot. Oh, yes. You were talking and about this. Yeah. Yes. That he, cool. His, you know. He says, hey, any time that somebody's sitting off one foot, it's like 50 points higher off one foot than two feet. Right. And so he has a lot of things going where middles are coming in, hitting off one foot. Okay. Uh, I think he calls that a zip. Okay, I like so that that's name. A zip. And then having your right side hitting off one foot. Uh, a bunch of that stuff was kind of fun. Combining those two. Oh, uh, yes. And then, he, so he had this one-footed series that he did. The okay. other series was kind of old school. You'll like this because this was old okay. school, all the pump stuff. Oh, so yes, I'm bringing it back. The one pump and then the step out. So, the, so you come in to hit a one, don't jump, and then take a two-step step out to hit a slide behind the setter. I like that. And then the regular old pump, you know, which was the old, you know, hey, pump one, set a two. And yep. bury it. Well, so you know where I first saw the pump one was Ryan McGuire when he was playing at Biola oh, back okay. in the day. He was the only hitter on his team, basically. And so they had to do everything they could to get him the ball. And they ran the pump. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> but uh, it worked. <laughs> we didn't like it, but it worked on us. So Okay, let's make sure cool. we explain this. Let's yeah. Explain it in detail so people understand. Okay. When we talk about some yeah. terminology, sometimes people don't know what we're talking about. Right. So... So you're going in like you're going to hit a quick set, right? right? But And you complete your approach and drive your arms up like you're going to jump, but you don't actually jump. Right. So the idea is like if they haven't, if they've committed, they'll be in the air. Right. So it has to be, so you run the one a few times. Right. And you run it kind of fast. Exactly. Right. So the, the blocker's going, ah, You've I got to commit him now. This time. I got him this yep. time. And so they sky high to jump, and then what happens? And then you delay, and then they set it higher, and then 
from the ground with no approach, essentially you'll jump and hit with while the block's either descending or in right, the air. Right, no block. And yeah. they're really back on the ground looking up going, right. oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so fun because it's not seen that often, you know. Well, the one they were doing, the step out to the slide looked pretty easy, and they Absolutely. got a little more momentum than the regular pump, so I kind of liked it more because they were, they were there for the fake one and then just took a little just right-left behind the setter, so a little two-step slide. and That's neat. Set, I think you can set that right on the net, too, right? Oh, yeah. Because there's no block. You're, you're saying, hey, there's going to be no block. Up. Well, and again, just creativity. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. And he, the other thing that was kind of funny, he said, hey, this play, the step-out play, works against good teams that are well-coached that have <laughs> that have Alert. your left front in big bunch yes. when you're running a one. Right? Right. If the left run isn't in a one, then you run it right into them. Right. right. And if the block's not responding, yeah. you, you just keep running your stuff, right? Right. You just keep running the quick. You don't have to worry about that. So, yes. Cool. So uh, that was right the on. first one okay. was uh, Shelton Collier stuff. And then he did some stuff uh, serving at the end. He was saying, hey, mm. he doesn't want everybody serving the same amount. Hey, are your best servers getting good serving reps all the time. I thought that was interesting. I try to always get everyone the even. I and know. I don't, I'm getting away from even. Yeah. I'm that's, getting away from even. I think that's a good... It makes sense. Hey, we're not giving the setter quick attacks. That's a good point. Yeah. Let's get the servers more serving reps. Yeah, I like that. And then his other one serving was the old get the signal from the coach. So if I'm oh, the server, yeah. I look over at you, you give me the signal, I immediately... Look to opposite of the person I'm serving. I loved this one. This one was great. <laughs> and so then the libero, who's once again, it's against a good uh, against a good libero, and the good libero comes in and uh, <laughs> they're reading. Is able to re- is trying to read and then steps over to uh, to cover there. I-, I like this idea for sure on serving because it's like. In hitting, you have to look off the defense. You have to trick them. Correct. I think serving, if we can get more towards that, I like that idea. Yeah, I think it's, it, it's advancing. So it's cool. that's some good stuff. Hey, we have a guest coming on. Yes, let's, a good friend of ours. A, a good friend and a, a, excellent a, a, coach. Excellent coach. We finally have some coaching on the pod now. Let's, yeah. <laughs> you ready let's, to bring her on? Yeah, let's bring her on. All right, this come on great. up. Tina, come on up. All right. Welcome to the pod. So we have with us an excellent coach from San Diego, California, Miss Tina, Mrs. Tina Kincaid. So glad to have you with us today. Uh, we're going to run through a little bit of your background. You got a tremendous background in the sport and. Uh, we're going to ask you some stuff about the clinic, um, what you've enjoyed and stuff like that. But I know a little bit about your background, but I, I'll have to ask you to tell just a little bit more. Um, right now, you're currently the coach of La Jolla Country Day, sort of perennial powerhouse in San Diego. Uh, you're coaching at Coast, which is one of the top clubs in the country. And you're coaching the 12-1s team. And I know you've had some fantastic years lately. Um, but tell us a little bit about your prior. I know you played and all that stuff. So tell us a little bit about your background. Um, so I have coached volleyball for probably like 30 years, a little over. Um, I've coached college. I've coached high school. I've coached club. I've coached 18s. I've coached boys. I've coached men. Um, I've coached it all. I've just have been a- had the opportunity to coach everyone. Every level, yeah. 10 years old all the way up to 19 boys, girls. You name it. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. So now you're coaching with 
Bridget Silas, is that correct? Yes. Awesome. And you guys are like co-coaches? Yeah. Yeah. Kind I, of? Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. How's that working out? Like, so what is, what have you picked up from her, that, that kind of stuff? How is that co-coaching? Because I know you're a very strong coach. I know she's a strong coach too. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been amazing. She does a lot of journaling before practices. Okay. And so the girls are constantly writing, journaling about what their expectations are whether it's not what your body language is or so she has a lot of topics that the girls really get to see at 10 11 years old that's really cool so making them think about these important topics that they're going to deal with more down the road yes that's really cool so so how she handled that is that like before practice she'll have them write like at practice or do they bring it with them or every day before practice oh wow the first five, ten minutes cool. we spend on different topics, whatever they are for the day. And so the first one That's was awesome. body language, which I thought was oh, very yeah. important absolutely. to uh, <laughs> volleyball world. Well, absolutely. And I, I feel like so many coaches, including me, just want to get right into it. And taking a few minutes at the beginning, that can be really powerful, you know, get them on, on track. So that's awesome. Yes. Really cool. So, yeah, we, hey, yeah. we, we got to ask Tina how her teams play so hard. Yeah, how do you get okay. your teams to play so, so hard? The young kids, because uh, Tina is one of the best at uh, getting kids to just play hard. Yes, absolutely. And even when they're young. For our listeners. Yeah, do you have a nugget for us? So, for 12s, they are uninhibited, they're courageous, they want to be good, and no one has told them otherwise. So working hard is fun. And I think just bringing that hard work and joy to every practice and them getting a little bit out of every every single practice, I, I, 12s, are, they, they haven't yes. been tainted, right? <laughs> they, they know what to do. That's right. Well, and we made this point on the last pod that we had. It's basically, they, they're not mutually exclusive. Fun and playing hard are not mutually exclusive, no. right? Absolutely. And you are one of the best at blending those things. So is there anything that you do consciously to make that happen? Ooh, um, yes. Every day we do something that is competitive. Okay. And learning to compete is part of it, but they, they bring it themselves. They want to be great. So a ball drops, they're doing slurpees. Something <laughs> happens, like, they just, they want to be great. And so I think every single day, I don't honestly feel like it comes from me it comes from them like understanding like this is fun this is volleyball no one's gonna score on us yes well uh, we can hear her energy come down (laughs) yes i was gonna say you can feel it on the pod when she starts thinking about it oh yeah energy comes out it's translated to kids and once again the kids have one thing but hey we've both seen a lot of coaches in the gym and there's something special when i walk by tina's court i'm like shit well, and I think the consistency of it, like every team we play, we know it's going to be a dogfight when we got to play you. And it's like, it, it, I just think that consistency of it, you're doing something right. That's yeah, for sure. No, I'll, I'll yeah. give another quick little uh, story. We played, uh, our, my high school team played at Country Day this year, which is Tina's team. And we go over there and she's got injuries. Her team's kind of beat up. And so the talent wise, they don't have the kids that are not as good as they could be. 
And have you ever won a match, Davis, and walked away and go, you know, we won, but I got out coached? Yeah. <laughs> that feeling? That's most That's of the matches I coach. <laughs> <but no. laughs> I had that feeling like, oh my yes. gosh, we walked out of that gym going, oh, we got out coached, but we got a W. I'm just hey, we'll take it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, yes. I don't have to do it again until next year. Yes. You, know, you have that feeling when you coach against their team because their team. Just, they just were playing so hard. Absolutely. And, and uh, you could see that, you know, she had them in a kind of a, you know, psychological place to say, hey, how hard can we compete? And it's going to be so fun to be our best, even though we don't have our best players. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, that was cool. Who have you seen, Tina, out here? It, yeah, who watch? did you like? Yeah. You oh, so my goodness. This has been so fun. Um, I've been wanting to come here for years. This is mm-hmm. my very first time. But um, Fran from LSU, she did an out-of-system setting type of drills. But she said, how many minutes, what percentage of minutes do you focus on out-of-system setting versus being perfect? And I think, you know, how many of us are in system 50% of the time? Like, that's great if you, if you have that libero, those passers. But... She said we do not really focus on out-of-system setting enough. So a lot of her drills and whatnot were about out-of-system setting. And then at the end of it, she she has what she called Be the Woman. And oh, yeah. I, have I you like heard this. of that? I have. It's Mary so Jo awesome. did this back in the day. Oh, my yeah. Gosh. So cool. Yeah. So Tell them about it. Tell them about it. What is so this? This is awesome. You do an out of system drill, and then if you win, you have one person designated to being the woman. And they're the only one that can, that can score for your team. And her whole thing is can we create this anxiety? Can we create this pressure where they have to be the one to? to seal the deal, to get it done. And yeah. um, so they're doing, you know, and you're the, be the woman, I'm the Davis. woman. I'm the woman. And That's right. Yeah. Someone sets you and you don't get the kill. Ugh, your no. team doesn't get the point. That's right. Puts all the stress of the game onto that one player's shoulders in a lot of ways. Which happens. It's totally, right? and yeah. And we don't do that enough. I'm That's totally. surprised that Tina didn't run out there and go, hey. <laughs> I'm the woman. <laughs> I want to try this. <laughs> well, I, I used to love that. We didn't call it I'm the woman, but there was a similar drill we did when I was playing. And it's so fun, too. You get set the whole time. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's a blast. Yes. <laughs> So that's awesome. That's really cool. So yeah. she was some Who good else? stuff. Who yeah. Else? Anyone else? Um, so the Iowa coaching staff did a session on competition coaching. And their whole thing was when you walk into the gym, so many times as coaches, we just go and we do our practice plan. But every kid has a practice plan. They know what the purpose of that day is. And yeah. they're focused on the purpose of that day. And then they have this whiteboard that has winning points, banks points, and uh, queen points. So mm. their focus of that practice was hitting percentage. So okay. they're keeping track of every time you hit the ball. Okay. But prior to that, you're just doing a simple pepper drill. Okay. If you keep the ball going for 30 minutes, you get a winner's point. You get another winner's point. You rotate different partners, and at the end, at the end of the practice, every single drill you do is a competition. Ah. So you have winner's points. And then you have the, the, how do you say it, like the core covenant, 
value points. Like okay. you sprinted to the line okay. when everyone was getting ready. So then culture those are your stuff. Yes. Okay. Stuff. So those are your bank points. That's cool. So then at the end of the practice, if you hit above a 300 or whatever the actual what they were trying to accomplish, you're a queen. You're 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 don't have punishment. Oh, that's so cool. But if you won all the little things and you have the winner's points, again, you don't have a consequence. Um, so I loved the, the focus, the intensity, the uh, attention to, hey, we got to get in, get this done. We got this purpose. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that he did that I loved was he encouraged the, the girls' voices. Mm. And just at every water break, what are we doing well? What do we need to do better? How are we going to be better? Oh, we need to communicate more. Go do a drill. Come back. Are we communicating more? And I think so often we as coaches, we, we have a game plan. We go. We execute. But we don't ask for the voices of our players. That's a great point. And I think Absolutely. we need to do that more. And I, and I feel like, yeah, he, yeah, he does that. Being tangible is pretty cool, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The is is... How many managers does that guy have? How do we, how do, we do that? <laughs> right? How do we do that in club and high school? No, I so agree. Are there, but are there little things we can take out to do it in club and high school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I love the idea of tracking winning. It's like a, college, a competitive cauldron, but not maybe fleshed out with points and stuff like that. But yeah. you can be aware of all that. That sounds great. I mean, there's so much good stuff from that, you know. Yeah. And have, have having the kids know what they're working on. Versus the coach know what they're working on, right? So such powerful stuff. When they know what they're doing, they're going to do such a better job, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. All right. What else? What else? What else? Yeah, what else you well, got for us? Well, I was us? just thinking at 12, yeah. I, I feel like we don't understand how smart they are. Right? That's a great point. So asking questions. Yeah. Why are we doing this drill? What is the purpose of this drill? Well, once again, you were saying, hey, there's some magic there with Tina. And so, hey, yep. some of this, now we're getting into some of the we're magic. We're getting into <laughs> it, yes. <laughs> the kids like actually understand. Yes. Hey, really treating them like, hey, they're not 12 years old. People go, oh, I'm coaching 12s. They can't. No, no, no. I'm coaching 12s and they can't. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just kind yeah. of her. So go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt No, you. no, I, I agree. And I think it's it develops them through life, right? And through having the harder coaches, getting to the top levels. But last year with my 12s, um, we would say they would go and they would scout out the other team and they would say, okay, coach, we are going to double block Davis, but Todd, yeah, he's not oh, that great yeah. of a hitter. <laughs> so we, we only need one no block. block. <laughs> we need <laughs> five people off the court. One person can cover the court, but he's attacked. <laughs> you don't need to worry. Well, yeah. <laughs> we, well anyway, um, but they would watch the game. Great. I wouldn't watch the game. I think that's super powerful. And they would yeah. come back, and when your kids believe in what they're doing, and they're the ones that come up with the system, oh yeah, it just makes it magical. Absolutely. Right? And so, and even with subs, why did I sub you out, Davis? Well, she's a better hitter right now. Okay, does that mean you're a terrible player? Right. No. No. Yeah. This is what we need right now. So right. I think, as coaches, we need to not just twelves, everyone, but ask. Why? Why are we doing this? Why am I doing this drill? Yeah. And I think that's I think, a great point. Yeah. Give them the like yeah, and empowerment. That, you're talking about how they play so hard. Maybe they understand why. <laughs> the why is powerful to them. And, you know, it, when that's powerful, man, you, you, you're willing to do a lot more. 
you know, versus just saying, hey, coach said so, you know. <laughs> right. So, no, that's a great point. And they learn so much from having their own scouting report, right? They're like, oh, that didn't work. You know, we need to make sure we, whatever, you know, drop to protect zone one on free ball or whatever it may be. Yeah. Right? That's awesome. Cool. Any other little nuggets? Um, there is one more with okay. the Munciano. Sorry. No, this is Nine great. No, this is what we like. Um, the other one was um, with the Munciano coach. Munciano, yeah. Yeah, oh, Munciano. He really talked about making parents your asset mm. versus a lot of times we look at them as enemies or not enemies. Challenges, but just maybe. Challenges yeah. Or mm-hmm. like. I think that's a great point as far as how are we framing that. And I would say that I've never done this, but some coaches can get together sometimes and tell parents stories. Can you top this type of stuff? I would never do that, David. <laughs> that's hard. I've heard that from you. Yeah, all the time, I was going to say, yes. No, we, we all have, in all, all honesty. We have that. But framing yes. it in a completely different paradigm. Tell us a little more. Yeah. Uh, So all of us have our parent meeting at the beginning of the year, but then what do we do to give dosages of our core values, of what we're trying to accomplish as a team, of how valued their, their individual child is? And you see it in other sports where in soccer the... The whole team comes together, plus all the parents, and coaches give speeches. Yeah. Not, I mean, they give, like, rundowns of what, what just happened. And I feel like we don't do that enough in the volleyball world where we need to bring all the parents in after the tournament because, again, that what Mike said was we have this thing called teenager translation. <laughs> right? Yes. So... You, at the end of the hey, we, we, we started out slow, we didn't do what we normally do, and they get in the car and they tell mom, coach said I was a turtle out there, and I was so slow. Right. You know, and so empowering the parents to understand what it is you're trying to communicate, and, and mm-hmm. sometimes that's scary. Yeah. You know, especially Engaging the parents, coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more they understand, they just up that. You I, yeah, I did. Like I've taken the Mary Joe thing, where yeah. after the tournaments, I'll just gather everyone up and be like, "Look, we 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 didn't do great on this. We'll work on it on Monday. We did do a great job on this. We're getting better." That's and great. like you said, you can do, dose it out a little bit to where it doesn't have to be a big deal, but you can kind of anchor some of your culture stuff, you know. And but it is, it's a little, it's to get everyone together because you know you have all these different perspectives. It is a little intimidating, you know, but the more you do it, the better it gets, you know, and then they become an asset. And when they hear from you a little bit and that, when they hear that you care about their kid, that then everything seems to work out much better. Right. And you can apply some of that there. So it's awesome really cool. Stuff, Tina. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks Tina, so thank you so much. Thanks Great to see you. you. And, uh, enjoy see the you. rest of the convention. And, uh, Absolutely. We'll see you at Coast. Yeah. yeah I'll grab good. that headset from you. Thanks. Right on. Uh, All right. Right on. So, we have another guest. Uh, just yeah, okay, perfect. We, yeah, we got Toby coming on. So, uh, we have another guest, David. This guy's a buddy of mine that uh, I met uh, coaching high school at the Arizona tournament, and he is from Albuquerque, and he's at Rio Rancho. So let's bring up the let's bring up the man. Come on, Toby up. Mons. How about you? Bring you him can, up. You can keep that set up. All right. Well, we're uh, getting Toby. What's that? You want me to? Okay. 
Toby. All right, Toby. You met Davis here? Yes. Yes. We get Toby in the house. Hey. So Davis was asking about you, so thanks for coming, number one. Well, thanks for having me. I, I, well, you, you know, I, I bribed him with some beers. I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest, all transparency. Yeah. I said, hey, come and help us out. Uh, but Davis was asking about you, so give us a little back, give us a little coaching background. Yeah. How did you get started? Well, um, I, I was a late starter, actually. I, I didn't start playing volleyball until I was in college. Okay. Um, actually, and, and um, uh, I went to Eastern New Mexico uh, University after I graduated from high school, and, and uh, we had a great intramural program, and, and uh, uh, I, also, I always wanted to play the game, and, and I just uh, I grabbed a group of friends, some guys, and we had a co-ed team and a, a men's team, and we got, got the bug. Play, we got to playing, and I just caught, caught the bug. Yeah, Sweet. it was awesome, man. Um, uh, and then that kind of morphed into getting into uh, and on a, a, a men's team, uh, a little traveling team that, that traveled around West Texas and, and uh, Eastern New Mexico. Take the show on the road. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> I, I, I was the worst guy on the team, to tell you the truth. It was... It was uh, uh, more about getting reps and learning the game, and so that's how you did it. And then, how did you get into coaching? Uh, yeah, um, I was a. Uh, I started studied sports medicine in college, and and uh, I was assigned to to women's volleyball. Ah, yeah, so, so I was you came at it from the sports medicine. I did. I was, and you just like the coach made a bunch of errors, and you go, wait a minute, hey, give me that clipboard, man. <laughs> yeah. get out of here. I did. Yeah, I was like, like I, I could take charge of this. I was like, Gail, hey, I, I'm going to be a volleyball coach. What do you want me to do? And and uh, I'm here at practice every day. And she says, Hey, you see all those balls? I'm like, Yeah. She goes, Go shag them. I was like, What's shagging? She was like, uh, Go pick up the balls, put them in the bucket, and and bring them back for the next uh, drill. So. Like a banshee, I'm running around, I'm picking them up. Hey, this is the next day. All right, what do you want me to do? You see the balls on the floor? I was like, yeah. Good stuff. Right. So, And then you've been at uh, Rio Rancho how long? Crazy, yeah. So we opened in 97, you know. A couple I, years now. A few years ago. And you opened it. You were there. I, and I opened it and just okay. celebrated my 26th season there, 36 overall. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. It has, it has flown by, let me tell you. But... Uh, yeah, you know, I left Eastern. I went to I went to uh, a local high school and to do my student teaching. Brenda Stockton was was uh, the head coach there, and I'm like, Brenda, I want to be a you know, I'm a volleyball coach. What do you want me to do? Meet me at practice. I get to practice. There's balls all over the place. So I'm like, What do you want me? What do you want me to do? You see all those volleyballs? Twenty thousand volleyballs later, I walk into the gym. No one's in there. All the all the balls are picked up, and I'm kind of upset. Right? I'm like, That's my job. All of a sudden, all these kids come in. It's about halfway through the season, and they're rallying around me, Toby, Toby, Toby. And I look at Brenda, and I'm like, what's the deal? She gives me her hand, her clipboard and says, you've got them from here on out. What a story. Wow. I, I think I trickled down my leg a little bit, and I was like, oh, hell no. What did I get myself into? And I never turned back. That's awesome. It was awesome. crazy. It, it really was. Toby's got a good, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, we met playing in Arizona and uh, just, you know, the vibe of his group and, uh, you know, just coaching against him was so fun. And we just became friends. And he runs a clinic out there every year and a coaching clinic out at his school. And I went out to that. He just does a bunch of great stuff with kids. And so tell us a little bit about what you're doing with young kids in your program. I know you do a bunch of stuff with young kids. Yeah, we do. I think that's kind of cool for high school coaches to hear 
what you're doing with the uh, feeder program, right? How do yeah, you do that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we when we opened in 97, I was the only show in town, right? So I was the only high school in our city. So we had four feeder schools. I, I would get to every feeder school, and they knew who Coach Mons was, right? Right when I walked in, they're running, they're hugging, they're high-fiving, and, and, and I got to build some relationships with those kids, you know, knowing that they were going to be seventh graders and eighth graders and very shortly into my volleyball program. So that was really, really cool. And that was a great dynamic to have with those middle school coaches and their kids. Um, a new sister high school was built, you know, 10 years ago. So we, we kind of split those things into half. And now our time is, is a little bit less than what it used to be yeah, i think change, and change um, a little bit yeah um so we started bringing those kids into our gym so um we started with seventh graders seventh and eighth graders we've gone down to our incoming sixth graders who have absolutely no skill whatsoever um but we bring every kid in that wants to learn the game of volleyball uh there are no cuts it's us and our sister high school and uh so we're working with them in in tandem absolutely okay that's, so, that's cool kind so, of a cool model huh? yeah absolutely so if those kids can't come to my practice they go to hers okay if her kids can't come to hers they come to mine and and since we train about the same and we have the same philosophies then you know it's it's pretty interchangeable that's fun, that's fun. it's good good uh, good environment so you don't have this uh you know kind of demonizing the, the the rival across town right? yeah so this is uh hey that's good for kids totally agree so uh one day one day a week generally mondays after our practice our varsity practice those kids come in and we go 90 minutes with them uh half of them come to me half of them uh, go to charity and and uh, we train them for 90 minutes and we pick two skills and we work right. skill right awesome. um and then on the second day a week, they have a practice at their respective middle schools with their respective uh, coordinators okay. uh, for this. And then one day a week, then we bring them back into either my gym one week, uh, Cleveland's gym the other week, and then we have a, a two-and-a-half-hour competitive session. Maybe it's three ball. Maybe a, a See, team. they do a bunch of creative stuff. Yeah, and team A, a serves cool, a ball. Yeah, yeah so they're not sitting there trying to play volleyball with kids that can't play volleyball. So you throw balls in, they're getting Absolutely. rallies, and they're having yeah. fun. All right. Great stuff. Great stuff. What have you seen so far? Who, who have you seen? What do you like so far? Oh, uh, we're trying to we're trying to share the spread the love. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to get to a little bit of everything. I was in Hugh McCutcheon's, uh, you know, uh, session with the book that he wrote, and and he had some philosophies and some okay, principles. Okay, what did he get into there? Uh, yeah, well, what stuck? You know, he talked he talked about uh, principles and having a plan uh, to you know to focus your kids on so it's tangible right um sometimes it's uh program by design versus program by default and i think sometimes uh we assume that our kids know stuff so it's by default and then all of a sudden we're trying to we're trying to correct stuff right, right. Uh, so i thought that was interesting um uh, yesterday uh university of iowa their coaching staff uh came in and said you know this is how we motivate kids uh, from the minute they come into our gym uh, to, to the That's time cool. they exit. Yeah, we, yeah, give us your two cents because Tina talked a little about that session. Yeah. So uh, that was we, a, kind of a competition stuff? Yeah, the competition yeah. stuff. So winning points. So, you know, um, uh, getting points because uh, you win or getting points because of hitting errors by the other team. 
So, you know, that was a big issue on my team this year. You know, we've got a great stick on the left, but, you know, the hitting errors just kind of killed us, right? So, you know, how do we motivate her to, to, you know, to hit shots or use more tools from her toolbox to be able to score points instead of give points away? Um, and I thought that was a great takeaway um, because I can bring that back to her and say, hey, right, so it's now – hitting errors are going to cost you, right? (laughs) But ways to score points or keep balls in play to pressure the other team are going to score points for us, right? So I thought that was awesome. The other thing was uh, bank points. So, you know, uh, say, hey, we're lining up on the 10, and a kid hustles to the 10. Hey, you just banked a point, right? Put it in your pocket. So at the end of the practice, when we maybe have consequences for things that we felt we didn't do particularly well, blah, 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 they can, they can pull those bank points out and say, hey, I'm excluded, man. I'm good. I'm going to go get some water, I, which is also really motivating. And yeah. I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, this morning, uh, Trevor Reagan on uh, the process of learning. You know, how do we learn, right? Yeah, you know Trevor Reagan? Yeah. The training yeah, ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just really good stuff. Like, you know, and him using some examples of of having um, you know a focus group or a controlled group, uh, another group, and a, and and the second the first group getting nothing, and the second group just saying, "Hey, you're going to feel nervous. It's okay. You're going to feel a little tense. Um, it's normal." Blah 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 blah. Then giving them the, the 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 task at hand, and then getting the results. Well. Telling the second group, hey, this is how you're going to feel and it's okay, kind of prepared them a little bit more for that task, and they scored better on it. The others, you know. Surprise, surprise. Really huh? felt <laughs> felt the tense, felt the pressure without having been told anything. And I thought, wow, that's kind of cool, man. You know, so, you know, heading into a gym or heading into a training session, hey, this is what you're going to feel and it's okay. You know, we just kind of battle through it and work through it and grind it out. Um and, and become one or two percent better as a result, and I think that'll happen, you know, uh, as we continue to get a, a little bit better at that. Good stuff, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good, good to, to see, see you, you man. We got to get together before uh, the next couple of days. Definitely yeah, want to a- check absolute. out the, uh, the final. Now, who's your cho- pick for the final tomorrow? Who do you oh, like? Wow. Who do you like? Uh, Texas is huge and big and physical and. You know, when they take two steps back, then they sprint five steps forward, <laughs> you know, with either a big block or some hammers. Um, you know, I like Louisville. I like their speed. Um, I like their athleticism. Yeah, they're yeah, the two lefts. So, so give me, give me a, you're, you're on the fence. you gotta, you got to get on one side or the other. Who do you like? I, I'm going to go Texas all in right. four. Texas in four. Yeah. That's a, Davis, we're all sharing. What do you got? I'm going Louisville. I'm going. I'm going Louisville. Oh, I love we, that. Time for time. We need uh, you know time for the first 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 woman to be an NCAA NCAA champion coach. That'd be fun to uh, have Danny do that. I That'd love be, it. Uh, good stuff. And uh, I like their team. They, I think they. Uh, it's just I they I love the way they play. I think they can. I think they can. I think they can put some pressure on Texas. Well, I don't I think, think USD played particularly well yesterday. And you know, I'm I'm a homer. I'm a USD homer, but True. I think they've played better uh, in the serve and pass game than they did. They had to play play well, and they didn't yesterday. And so. I think the addition uh, Louisville's addition to uh, with uh, attacking out of the back row 
with those two with the two yep. pin hitters just puts a lot of pressure too where they're getting a lot of one-on-one swings because you know Texas's middles are going to have to stay with their middles one way or another either on the step outside yep. Yep. or hitting something in front or or pushed away from the from the setter and that'll give them some open looks so I, I I love that I love that pick I you know I I love the underdog as well I really do um, but the physicality god could, that could be the yeah. that could be the kicker all right, buddy. Well, hey, thanks so much for stopping by. We'll You're grab welcome. a beverage later. Appreciate yes. it. Well, I appreciate and, you guys. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see you see you on the uh, see you out tonight. Okay, thanks for doing you this. Have one. Thanks. Right. Thank you, Coach. Pleasure to meet you. All right, you. Davis. We have our uh, our final guest today. None other, the legend himself. Incredible former national team coach and started the AOC has uh, been a, an unbelievably uh, just generous kind mentor for me Absolutely. as a coaching mentor and you know anything that I ask him you know he's like, oh let me tell you this story about these he, he throws out these you know just legendary players <laughs> and just you know tell stories about them so it's so fun so oh, yeah. uh, well and the we other have, thing is he's been he's been the guy behind the guy so often. So if, if there's something going on in volleyball, this guy is probably involved in some manner. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's just so bright. He's so, so awesome. So let's, just, let's, let's get him up. Let's Terry bring him up. Come on up. We'll, uh... Yes, you go in there. We're going to give you the middle seat. Okay. You want to sit there? How do you want to do it? I'll go over here. Gentlemen, how are you doing? We're doing great. Thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Art of Coaching Volleyball, one of the premier coach education platforms in the world. We're thrilled to be a part of it. So many resources. But let's, yeah, we got to get, yeah. People don't know kind of your sports background. They probably know that, hey, you were a national team coach, but how did you get into it? Yeah, what's some of the background here? Well, you know, I was a... table tennis tennis soccer player in the ukrainian community in chicago and i played soccer against the a lot of guys on the east coast that were really good soccer players but they were like walt chizhevich and gene chizhevich walt was later the usa national soccer coach for men and they would always say terry you got to play volleyball and i'd go volleyball my sister plays volleyball so i started it at 17 and a half playing outdoor on grass, clay, and then started on the beach at Oak Street Beach and would always be pretty good. And then a couple of guys, I, we started a Chicago Ukrainian team and I was their player coach. I didn't know anything. So I'd get the point game match was not even published yet, but they had like a Val Keller had a mimeographed copy of the book and I'd look at it, read oh, it, wow. and say, oh, we got to do this and that. And then, you know, played with the Chicago Ukrainians. We had a good little team and then would always compete against some of the Kenneth Allen, Jim Coleman's players that played mm-hmm. on the national team, Jim Vineyard, Bruno Anadrukaitis, on the beach. I mean, four years in a row, Bruno and I played in the co-ed beach finals, and every year we had a different partner. Nice. So that's how, and then I got to play for Jim on his club team, and then I was in medical school, and I quit med school to become Jim's assistant and get a degree at George Williams, and that's where I met Russ. Russ was in my 
uh, psychology, a coaching class. Wow. And he had a ponytail. Was on the, <laughs> and and he, he couldn't get on the baseball team because the coach wouldn't allow ponytails. <laughs> so he right? was on the golf team and then they convinced wow. him to go out to volleyball. And then, That's you know, awesome. I went from, I coached at Ohio State, the men, three of my guys played on the men's gold medal team in 84. And then I knew Title IX's coming about. And the one thing I've always prided myself in, I, I have vision and I said, hey, yep. men's volleyball, hey, it's not going to balance out mm. with the football scholarship. So I went to Pacific and, you know, there was a D3 two-year-old pro- program, $8,000 budget. And hey, the rest is, you know, we went to five Final Fours and then I met John. John was a math teacher, basketball coach at John Dunning, High School. Of course. John yes. Dunning, yep. And John took his first clinic in volleyball with me in 1977 and slept in his truck. Wow. So then John um, was a finalist for the the finalists for the Pacific job were Russ Rose, John Dunning, and Ken Preston. Oh, wow. And Russ knew what it was about. Kenny Preston had no clue. He came in and goes, oh, my God, I didn't know anything about this program. And, and John was picked, you know, I had nothing to do to pick John, but they picked John, and, you know, the rest is history. He won two national championships the first two years. Um, and so we started this. Hey, they came to me in, in 2010 and said, let's do clinics. And I said, well, okay, but I want to do a website. And they had no concept. Mm-hmm. So we did the first clinic in 2011 at Portland State. We're going back there this year again. Nice. Um, so that's how it started, uh, and then we started the website in the, at the end of 2013, and it's grown, and it's been a, yeah, it's, well, it's, it's the, the website's 10 years old, and the clinics are 12 years old, and then obviously with having contributors like you guys, and, you know, we've got, we pride ourselves in that there's over 300 coaches on this site, and at all levels, and, and that's what it's about, it's the art of coaching, and you guys have done a great job with the Volleypod, and for people out there, hey, Become members of the Art of Coaching Volleyball.com and you're going to get all this content that Todd and Davis are talking about. So that's the first thing I'd say hey, get on that website, become premium members, and you're going to have access to a lot of things, let alone, you know, look at all our books, look at all the things that we print, and then come to the live events this year. You know, Mm -hmm. we've got. Before we get into the live events. Yeah. Talk to us about tomorrow's game. A little, uh, uh, you got a prediction? You got any? Yeah. Oh, no, the, the, the soccer, soccer game. That's the soccer Sunday. game. Oh, Sunday soccer. Yes. Talk to us about Sunday soccer. It's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a France team that doesn't like to possess the ball but is a great counterattacking team. Okay. They don't want to possess the ball. The way Argentina's been playing, they love to possess the ball. I think Messi's at a high level, but all those other um, you know, Alvarez and others that are his support staff are playing really well. And I think, I just hope that the Argentinians can control their Latin temperament, because if they don't they maybe get off the rails quickly. But it'll be a great game. It's Magape against Messi for the not only the golden boot, but the, um, you know, uh, the player of the tournament. And I think it's Argentina. I, I, I really believe that the country is, is so coalesced. I don't know if you noticed, there are eighty, there are 60,000 Argentinian fans there, and they're going to be there in the finals. Wow. I think that is a great uh, 
Oh yeah. Uh, you know, um, shot in the arm, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I predicted it may be a high-scoring game because they have so much talent. You know, I mean, there's so many good players on France and on Argentina. All right. So we're gonna move from soccer back to volleyball. We have tomorrow's match now. We have All right. In Louisville. We yeah. Your, Expert pick. Picks, so yeah. Well, I, I think the only way you're going to beat Texas is you've got to make sure that if um, if Louisville could play like they played the first set yesterday, they have a chance if they play at all the sets they're in. If they don't, it's going to be... <laughs> hey, there's just too much power at the net at Texas. So the only way I think you could beat them, you've got to out-ball control them and not make errors. And I think you got to really serve the ball tough and get it on Eagleston and other people so you get them out of their offensive. But, you know, they're just, you know, with, with Skinner and Eagleston and several of their others, yeah, they're pretty tough to stop. So, so, you take, so you're taking Texas? Yeah, you know, I, if, if Louisville wins the first set, I'd go for Louisville. If they don't win the first set, it's Texas. Okay. All right. All right. Very All right. cool. So give us, uh, what's going on with AOC kind of coming up in 2023? Well, a couple of things. We talked about the Volleypod. Hey, we want to continue the Volleypod. We definitely want to really look at our clinics that are three clinics. One is in Portland at the end of April. One is in North Carolina, Chapel Hill, at the uh, first weekend in May, May 6th and 7th, and then June 3rd and 4th in San Antonio at St. Mary's University. So that, those are the clinic series, but we're going to double down on some of our virtual offerings. We're going to have another nice. high school clinic in July. Um, we're going to look at doing maybe another international virtual clinic. Um, we are going to do a couple of different series. We're going to do a series for beginning coaches in a club nice that is going to be done by nick chironis we're going to do a pilot with that in january and then there's another high level and todd i think you and i talked about it it's a australian sports scientist that i met who's a consultant to the all blacks uh, and he's going to do a high level coaching series cool so those are kind of some rollouts but you know the main thing is hey people need to assess access the website and that will give them an entry into a lot of different things. So. And that's what I was going to say. I think what I find to be so great about Art of Coaching is there's something for everyone almost at every stage that you're at. You can go on there and find something for 30 seconds to show your your team or you can go on there and find something to do a deep dive on and you can really go super deep into it. Some of those uh, articles that Moss Shibata has written on there, oh unbelievable my goodness. Unbelievable articles. Yes, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But, but you don't have to take it to that level. You can take it in, there's stuff on there you could show to a 12 or 13 right. year old too. Um, there's, there's bulletins, there's forms, there's planners, there's, I mean, there's every little thing. It is such a great organizational tool tool and it it doesn't steer you one way either it allows you for your own coaching journey well david yeah yes. and, and davis i think that's really critical and one of the things that look i think gold medal square does a good job and they do um but when we started their mantra when carl was still alive is this is the only way to coach and when I saw Carl, I'd say, Carl, for every country in the world, there's a different way to play volleyball. You know? right. And right. for every coach, even here in the United States, whether it's a club coach, high school coach, middle school coach, collegiate coach, 
there's different ways to play volleyball. Yeah. So that's the art aspect of it, that there's some things that I think are right on. Or like, Todd, I remember you first saying, yeah, I don't know about this offline passing by Karch. You know, <laughs> let's, let's go back to the midline <laughs> with these kids. And, you know, part of it is that I really believe that certain things that we've heard like a lot of people say, hey, you guys are old school. I go, oh, you know, I'll tell you what. Some of the things I learned 40 years ago still hold today. Mm-hmm. Passing mm-hmm. determines the level you play on, and serving can determine who lives at, wins at that level, particularly the lower levels you are. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so, it's great. you know, when yeah. people, you know, there's a lot of, and the game's changed. There's bigger, better athletes. There's a lot of better coaches out there now. But I think there's some principles that, like you said, you can, Davis, as you said, you can take a deep dive and there's something for everybody. And there's people that have called me and said, well, I don't agree with this coach. You ought to take it off the website. And I go, <laughs> hey, you know, that coach is going to stay on the website because he or she, that's the way they coach. Right. You know, so. Uh, well, and uh, one of the things that I know, you, you mentioned the game changing. One of the things I know that you're big on is the multi-sport athlete. No question. Right. So can you just elaborate on this? Because I know we're seeing more uh, athletes uh, making volleyball their main sport earlier. Specializing. Specializing. Well, look, I'm going to say a couple of things. Number one, in any sport in America, 97% of the kids playing high school or club will never play college. Good point. Mm -hmm. 99% won't have a scholarship. So what are we teaching these kids? You know, so I want everybody to have a multiple sport experience so that they learn different leisure skills as they get older. And I also think it's good to play an individual sport and a team sport because you really start learning, hey, if it's an individual sport like tennis or swimming or running or, hey, it's up to me. You know, it's not my teammates. And then the team sport adds completely different things. As we all know, Mm -hmm. winning is a team. There's nothing like it. Oh, yeah. So, but I also think that uh, I I look at the Olympic teams that I coached that were very good, top three in the world. Hey, I had 18 athletes. Everyone but one was a multiple sport high school athlete. Seven were multiple sport college athletes. And that may be, you know, I think there may be a small sliver of athletes that have to play one sport because they're not going to maybe be looked at. But the majority of kids, again, let's play multiple sports so I can have fun in life learning golf or yeah. playing tennis or playing soccer indoor when I'm 40 or whatever. Yeah. You know, and so, maybe avoiding some burnout. Oh, for you sure. Know? Well, yeah. the other thing, I'm glad you mentioned that. So cross-training. Hey, I came to Oregon State having been gone 20 years of college coaching, and I saw everybody's hurt. Oh, yeah. And so we're playing tournamentitis in nine matches in two days on concrete floors well that's number one i never have a break i never you know so when are we gonna i mean let's go cross train yeah so yeah for sure such good stuff man great stuff great stuff Uh, we're we're getting close yeah terry i got one more question for you i want to nugget from you we got you yep. here and one thing i want you to rip on just a tiny bit before we go is, is coaching philosophy because you've helped me so much in that area yeah yeah todd thanks i mean look I, i've always approached it this way I, i'll ask a person what's your life philosophy what are you about you know what's what what do you value is it 
you know, religion, money, uh, what, what, what is it? So then how does that transpose to coaching philosophy of what do you want to teach your kids or what is your team culture about? And, and, and the way I present philosophy, as you know, it's one page. I want you to tell me if I present this to my players, my staff, my parents, my administrators, they'll know what I'm about. And then I always said, well, I want coaches to say, if you play for me, this is what you can expect. And then like the other that. part is, what's my non-negotiables? You know, what's my, you know, like Shelton Collier said the, the other day, being inducted in the Hall of Fame, he played for Doug for a year, for me for two years, and there were some non-negotiables. Hey, mm-hmm. if you're not working hard, if you're not conditioning, if you're late all the time, you're going to be off the team. That's a, that's a yeah. non-negotiable. And I think that that I want people to know that if you build your philosophy, it's going to change every year because it's a living document. But then if it gets like, by the time I got to Oregon State, they had a pretty set philosophy. So I would tell people his, hey, don't try to change me. This is me. You got to learn what I'm about. You got to make sure that I know what I'm doing and you got to just abide by it, you know. So anyway, that's, but I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I, I think not enough coaches really think about that and not enough clubs have a philosophy of a club that then you have to adhere to or like, hey, if you're coaching in middle school or high school, what's the philosophy of that team? The Not school, team, but the school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. athletic department. Yeah. Hey, I'm in a religious school. Well, obviously, there's going to be a... So when people say, well, I don't agree with their philosophy, and I say, well, go get another job. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that's kind of a, a way to really, really crystallize why a coach, why she or he are coaching. So. Well, and one of the best resources you gave me was... Well, one of the best resources you gave me was um, this book called Coaching Better Every Year. Yeah, yeah. That's a great book. That's an excellent book. And it, it goes into how you can f- refine your philosophy every year. Right. So, yeah. That's the, the thing, I think Wade Gilbert did a great job in that book. I think Todd and I talked about this. The problem with that book is very few coaches are going to read it because it's 400 pages. You may have read it, but you know, I, I told Wade Gilbert, we need to do a 24-page primer. <laughs> yeah. I think we're running out of time. Yeah, we ran out of time, but what a fun podcast. Last one of the year. Awesome. You guys have done a great job. Happy holidays to everybody. Thank you so much. And guys, just so everyone knows, you can check us out anywhere you find podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And please check out our socials, AOC.TheVolleyPod and The Volleypod on Twitter. So and, thanks so much. And get on that Art of Coaching and get website. get on the Art of Coaching website. That's it. Hey, free trial. Get a couple weeks. Free get trial for a couple weeks and then sign up. It's going to be awesome. So Thank thanks a guys. lot. Have Happy a good holidays. one. Thank thanks, you. Davis.